This is Marketing Trends, your number one source for exclusive interviews with chief marketing officers and executive marketing leaders in the Fortune 1000 and beyond. This is Jeremy Bergeron, and I interview, collaborate, and partner with world-class CMOs and marketing leaders across industries. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Marketing Trends. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm excited about this one because we have a human being in our midst that we have been trying to get on this show for a long time. It, it worked out. His people got our people. We made it happen. And I'd love to introduce the SVP and CMO of PetSmart, Will Smith, to the show. Will, welcome to Marketing Trends. Ah, Jeremy, thank you so much for that fantastic introduction. Great to be here. Man, you have the best smile on the planet, which I'm sure you hear all the time. Um, you also, behind that smile, have some incredible experience working some with some ridiculous brands, Will. I mean, let me just list out some of these small, unnotable brands the world may or may not have heard of. So Will has, you know, behind this beautiful beaming smile of his, he has led global marketing efforts for some really iconic brands you may have heard of, right? Abercrombie and Fitch and Hollister, Abercrombie Kids, right? I mean, there's a lot of things in his background that, I mean, he also spent time, hold up, let, let, me, let, let me let me go to the, to, the, to the exact quote here, Will, because there's way much more than that. Okay. Kraft Foods, Philip Morris USA, Abercrombie and Fitch, Kate Spade, Liz Claiborne, Footstar and Athletic. Also, we have some we have a tour with EMI Capital Music Group, Atlantic Records, Virgin Records. I mean, what a diverse background, Will, first of all. And now at PetSmart, you've been at PetSmart since 2019, and the trajectory keeps going this way or this way. Um I just want to hear what's going on in your world right now. What's happening in your mind with PetSmart? Give us the download on 2023, Will Smith and PetSmart. Jerry, man, thank you for that fantastic introduction. It does sound like quite the journey, doesn't indeed, it? Indeed, indeed. Um, and I look at myself as blessed. Like I've, I feel like I've had three different marketing careers all in my marketing career, right? So starting early in consumer packaged goods with the craft and the and the Philip Morris, working on brands like Maxwell House Coffee or Benson and Hedges or the Marlboro brand itself, right? Um, all really powerful sort of grounding experiences in how to learn about brands, build brands, execute brands, safeguard brands, et cetera. And then you, you went further and talked about my time in the music industry, which was fantastic. I got to tell you, I met what I would call some of the most powerful brands in the marketplace then, right? So Little Kim, Fat Joe, um, you name it, like I, you know, Aaliyah, Brandy. I met, I met people who I was treating as brands to try to get them the same kind of visibility, exposure, household familiarity, et cetera. Um, and that was a, a pretty fantastic experience uh, in itself. It was actually the first time in my marketing career and the last time, I guess, that the product actually talked back to you. Right? So why don't I have that multi-million dollar video? And where are my extra billboards? And right, how can I be more competitive? And, and but what it made was for a more dynamic and interactive relationship with the brand, right? Mm -hmm. The person, the individual, the icon, the star. Um, and the the deeper we got into our conversations, the more we understood each other, the better I could help sort of build their go-to-market platforms and then and then help drive success. Wow. And then retail, right? You talked about Kate Spade, Liz Claiborne, um, Footstar Athletic. Yeah, that was Foot Action USA. Um, led me to Calaris, which is Brown Shoe Company, for almost a decade, 
right? Lots of lots of great work there building that retail chain, but building the brands within that retail chains like the Nikes, Adidas, the Reeboks, et cetera. Like really fantastic, fantastic retail experience. And and I've just been learning and doing and delivering the whole time. And and, and I wake up every day, still today, wanting to do that next thing, touch that next customer, drive that next piece of business, and hopefully, you know, prove my worth in all of it. So thank you for allowing me to even talk about all of that. Yeah, no, I love it. So, okay, so you've got this, you've got the psychology background from Cornell. Yes, sir. Then you went and got the MBA in marketing and advertising from Duke. That's correct. Fuqua School of Business. Where did the the marketing bug bite you? Where you were like, ooh, marketing, like there's something, where did that dance start for Will Smith? Yeah, so I've always fashioned myself to be a salesy kind of guy. Even when I did the psych major, I was thinking, you know what, I I may go into sales after after I finish school. Um, while at Cornell, I actually worked at Montgomery Ward. You guys probably don't even know that anymore. Like, I remember Montgomery Ward. I remember. <laughs> it is way. It's in the Wayback Machine, right? <laughs> but but there, I sold TVs and stereos on commission, part time, college student. Wow. And I got to tell you, I was blessed. Was crushing it. Like I bought my first car. On my own, wow. right, from the commissions that I made while there on campus, right? And, and so there was something about selling and customer and customer engagement that, that resounded with me. Um, and then in between years at Fuqua, when I went to Duke, I had the opportunity to, to work at Procter & Gamble. Mm. And while there, I was doing analyses on brands like mm. Coast and Pampers, et cetera, and really sort of got the brand bug there. I also actually met a mentor or two, hopefully we'll come back to that at, at some point, but one of my best buddies of all time, one of the people who keeps me motivated and inspired is, is a guy named Dwayne Celestan. I met him there, right? We are still friends today. He still keeps pushing me, right? We still have, you know, fun conversations about, you know, showcasing your skills, Will. Like he, like he, he's been a, an, ardent supporter uh, of mine and somebody wow. who's always been a little wind at my back. And again, it's one of those things I think we'll talk to when we get to Becca and how I'm trying to take some of that and pay that back and pay it forward, actually. I love it. So, so P&G, I mean, you know, P&G, this really small multinational, <laughs> this super small multinational consumer goods cor- corporation in, in Cincinnati, Ohio, you may have heard of them, founded in like 1837, still killing it. But what's interesting, Will, is like I've talked to a handful of CMOs who who got some early education at P&G, who got some, who, who really got to dig into marketing and brand at P&G. And like, it's not a surprise. They all end up at the top of the marketing leadership ladder. What is it about the, school, the, the education at P&G? Why was that so valuable? Yeah. So, you know what, the, you know, you know, P&G for fabulous multinational, huge brands, right? They have had to learn how to build all of the necessary competencies around branding and marketing to keep those brands alive, right? To keep them all profitable. And so not that they have a a script per se, but they, they sort of have a powerful learning platform. They have lots of super smart leaders. And again, if you want to learn and want to do, it's there for the taking. And so... Um, I think that's their, the, you know, that's their their superpower, right? That the again, the experience in branding, right? The people who go in and love it and want to share, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, and then you uh, meeting that with your own sort of energy and and aspiration, mm-hmm. and then I think you can learn a lot and do a lot at P and G, obviously, and lots and lots have. Yeah, and you're right. Like lots of my peers, even 
even today, have spent their time at either a PNG or a Kraft or a General Mills or Pills. Like there are a handful of companies that have been iconic in sort of helping be the training ground for great marketers. Um, and I just happen to to be able to do a little bit of time at PNG and a little bit more time at Kraft. So I love it. Yeah. So you've been at PetSmart now for just over three years. Yeah. How has kind of marketing leadership, marketing and pet supplies differed from these experiences at Abercrombie and Fitch and Kate Spade, Atlantic Records? Like, has it been a totally different wheelhouse? Have you kind of blended some things? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it, the interesting thing about pet um, is that it, it is the second most emotional category to your own child, you know, child rearing, right? Like if there's nothing like it, right? Like the if you go online or you go to TikTok or YouTube, you can see so many pet stories, pet interactions, pet images, pet, right? It is a truly, truly emotional category. And, and PetSmart is the leading retailer in the space. We have more than 1,600 stores. We have more than 50,000 associates. And we have a promise that we'll do anything for pets, right? And so coming in and being able to work with that, work on that, build that, right? Um, it, it allows me and allows our company to bring pets and pet parents closer to our promise. And then they get to see our assortment of products and services and, and all that we do. As the SVP here, like, again, I'm the guy who's accountable for how we show up in the world, how we connect. And I feel like I'm building sort of this highway of, of comms, if you would, that allow customers to come in, to peek in, to look over, to contribute to. Um, and I think all of that is actually helping to fuel some of our success. Now, we're a product-led company, so it's not all marketing. I want to be very clear. We got a fantastic operation, so our sales team you know, does phenomenal work. Um, but the marketing has been, a, a, I think, a pivotal part of the growth. I think our outreach, again, has sort of taken some some nice steps forward. Um, and when you look at the idea that, and I'm not taking credit for this, but over the last three years, right, we've grown more than 40% as a company, mm -hmm. right? It is phenomenal, right? And I'm just here to try to continue that. As I look, as I look at where we are, even in this year, with all this sort of economic pressure, we're still gaining even over last year. Yeah, that's incredible. Right now, it's not at the same clip from two years ago or three years ago, but it's still positive forward growth. And again, I think it's about our constant desire to be that number one pet destination, a constant focus on the customer, right? And, and the storytelling that we do uh, and, and all of the engagement that, that we're trying to put out there and, and, and make real for again, pets and pet parents. So it's it's a it's a, been a phenomenal ride so far. I'm excited about the work that I do. I, can, I know you can see it in my smile and feel it in my conversation. <laughs> yeah, has this kind of growth was this kind of growth new for for you at this level of growth, or like had you seen this kind of drastic growth before? I have never in my retail career ever wow. seen this kind of growth ever. Right? Wow. But again, this is not the marketing guy taking credit for it. You know, there was a bunch of factors, right? You had COVID, you had more people to be able to devote more time to pets, right? To actually acquire a pet. You know, again, you could spend you could spend quality time. And so you had more people engaging uh, in pet activities that led to more consumption, that led to more need for services, et cetera. So, so some of it was built in, but some of it was actually generated by the better product that we were able to get from our vendor partners, by better engagement with some of our vendor partners, right? So we've we've been able to stand up co-branded marketing activity with the likes of Hills and Purina and Wellness. And like there are a bunch of brands, big, 
national iconic brands that chose to work with us to bring new products to the floor or new energy to some of those products, right? And then for, in turn, tell that story on en masse to, to customers. And so a lot of it is, is better product, better synergy, better marketing, better conversation with customer, right? And, and then leading to just overall better engagement. Like it's, it's, been, a, it's been phenomenal. Been, I've never seen it before. Um, I hope to be able to see it again, but man, it's, it's, it's been incredible. That's incredible. Okay, so so I am curious about this for you because look, you joined in twenty, you joined just before COVID, right? Like yeah. you technically joined, then like you joined, then within like six months, the whole world was changing drastically. Definitely, your your peers to your left and your right are thinking all kinds of crazy things. You're hearing all kinds of crazy things, and now you are, you know, I, what I just want to hear is like. Talk us through the opportunity that you saw from the outside looking in. And then when COVID hit, did anything shift for you? Yeah, because you you were in a business that took the, you know, the exposure to the to the craziness in the world and actually kept growing and moving up to the right. What was that? What was going on in your head then? Talk us through that time. Yeah, yeah. So so honestly, uh, once you started to see the world shut down around you, right? Couldn't go too many places, couldn't visit too many things. If you did, you wore a mask, like you were trying to get in and out, right? And we are mostly, again, a retail-based organization with 1,600 stores, like across the country. Like that's our bread and butter. Um, And so stepping back, like one of the first things I was like, oh, how am I going to get product to customers, right? And yeah, we had buy online, pick up in store. But again, that was more people coming too. Um, and, and I, you know, I just started to think that we as a company had to think a little differently. That led me to conversations with DoorDash on how I could get customers to buy my product and have it delivered to their front door. And we put together a program and it helped drive lots of business for us. Right. Um, doing more at the store to be able to have curbside pickup again, launch that during COVID so that again, you didn't have to come in. You didn't have to fear you could literally place the order and we would have somebody bring it to you and load it into your car. Um, and so we had to think faster and smarter and nimbler and, and with the times. And again, you also have to be unafraid. Like if you have to stand up a new business model, you got to go push hard, right? Like like most companies, most seasoned companies, like why, why should we go there now? What is it going to, how is it going to take? Am I ready for that investment? What is that like? And, and so, you know, I came armed with the answers to a lot of those questions, right? But but I had to have the company see the opportunity for what it was and where we were. Uh, and fortunately for us, again, uh, we didn't hesitate too much. We knew the time required a new way, right? And we and and we added to that way. And even today, we're 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 extending, you know, some of our home delivery services. We're you know we're we're extending those kind of partnerships to make us better um, that we started then, and 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 we're going further now. Were you surprised at the speed of response and execution during COVID? Again, look, it's like you're in the retail space. You've got a couple thousand plus stores, global footprint. I mean, a decision at the top, you know, from the leadership, getting down to all these stores that you guys executed fast, it seems like. you able. It seems like the communications cadence internally, like the culture and the communications is really on point because again, you, you shifted and pivoted quickly yeah. and profited off of that where a lot of brands were still kind of backpedaling and how do we get the message down? How do we make the change? Why were you able to make the change so quickly? You know, we had, a, we ha- we had and have a, a really well-integrated uh, leadership team. Hmm. Actually, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take this moment. Yeah, please. To shout it all out and and to talk about it. It has been 
the best group of assembled leaders mm. that I've ever had the opportunity to work with, right? We are all trying to help each other. Like you, you, you walk in the company, you've heard enough horror stories where somebody's trying to trip the other person as they walk into the boardroom with their message, right? And, and none of that, right, is here. Like now we, we have a relatively new leadership team, meaning our CEO has been here less than five years. Mm. You know, most of our EVPs have been here less than five years. I was, I'm here less than five years. And so we're all coming together at the same point to make, you know, fantastic magic happen, if you would. And so our, our, our focus is on doing more, being better, being the best, right? And, and when you have that and everybody is in concert, it becomes easier to sell in the big idea, right? And then to get the partnership uh, around the execution of that idea. So we, we're blessed in that. There wasn't a whole lot of not invented here. I've seen that before, right? Like, yeah, and, yeah. and really a whole lot of energy, again, around being the best in our business uh, and leading the marketplace. And so I attribute it to that, like literally that, like the combined energy as opposed to different factions or whatever. Is the leadership team all together? Is everybody in close proximity? Yeah. So we're all here in Phoenix. That's right? something. There's something to that too. There is something to that. And, and, and while we did our fair share of you know, teams and Zoom, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. We have found our way back to the office. Like we all convene on on our retail Mondays in the executive conference room, right? There's a dozen plus of us, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're constantly talking about the business and where we are and what we need to do to, to perform or even to outperform. And and I think that that helps. I really do. I think that that being here, sharing the common space and the vision um, it, I think it's impactful. I think it's, it's meaningful. And I think it helped us for sure. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. So in your role, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of leadership and mentoring and support both in inside of PetSmart and also outside of PetSmart. Sure. I want to touch on this and dive in a little bit into Becca here, because what an incredible organization. You're a founding member of the Black Executive CMO Alliance, Becca. I am. If you don't know, check it out. Go to YouTube, do all the things. Shout out Jerry DeVard. Shout out Jerry DeVard. Talk to us about this, the origins of this organization. Give us a little bit of the kind of the tidbit on, on your experience with them. I have met Jerry. She came on this show. I'm such a big fan of this organization, but tell us about your your perspective. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, so, so one, Jerry's fantastic. To that vision of bringing Black CMOs together to be able to share and learn and elevate and pay it forward. And I'm giving you the core principles because that is literally what attracted me to the organization in the first place is phenomenal. It, the, it, the earnestness about it, the, the need for it all is really real. And, and I got to tell you, like, I, I literally got an email ping in November of, of 2020 from, from Jerry. I knew of Jerry, but I had never talked to Jerry before. Like, I, I, I knew of Jerry's success in, in marketing, right? But I had never talked to her, literally had never had a, a one-on-one, never had a real phone call, et cetera. In, in less than 48 hours, we're on the phone. We're talking about our shared vision and how much how much I truly want to be able to give back to that next generation who's who's coming behind. You know, I've I've been in the game for a minute, right? Mm-hmm. And and I've I know a lot of things because I've seen a lot of things and I've done a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and to be able to share some of that, some of those experiences, some of that that wisdom in in a in an intimate in a trusted environment, right? A safe and secure environment, right? To talk about 
how we focus on opportunities for folks and access um, to to sea level opportunity and equality, you know, in the C-suite, all of that matters to me. And 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 I got to tell you, and and I probably shouldn't say this, but I will. I'm one of the only black leadership faces here at PetSmart. Okay. I've also been one of the only black CMO leaders in a lot of retail organizations mm-hmm. that I that I've been a part of. And so, you know, you often find yourself the one and then having to learn lessons on your own. And and but once you learn them, to be able to impart them to others to help them win, to help them grow, to help them thrive, again, that's the moment I'm in and I'm really, really excited. Um, to, to go there. So I picked up that call. I engaged immediately. I was like, sign me up. I would love to be one of the founding fathers, founding members. Um, and and it was off to the races from that point. Like literally, yeah. If you go to blackexec.com, right, you'll be able to, to see a lot. And if you go to Instagram and, and all the other places and look up Becca, you'll find us, right? And, and, and you'll continue to find and hear more of us over time because the momentum is growing. The enthusiasm is phenomenal. Um, and, and the programming that we're even putting together is, is sticky. So I'm excited about where we're headed. What experiences did you have as a marketer and a marketing leader that prompted you to dive into this, you know, you know, into Becca and be so excited about it? I mean, you again, you've been in the game. You've come up in the game. I would imagine that in some ways there's kind of been a target on your back. Like you're you're entering into a world where you know, it, it's going to require this level of experience and exposure and tenacity and risk. And like, you're coming into a game where it's like, okay, how do I, no one's really gone before me and done this this way. And you're, you know, what experiences have you had that really, yeah, that prompted you to dive into Becca so hard? Yeah. So let me tell you, let me go way back, right? To the early, the beginnings of my professional career. When I, when I joined uh, when I worked, when I interned at PNG, right, I met a guy named Dwayne Celestan and, and another guy named Daryl Mobley, right? If you look Dwayne up, he's at DHR now. He's on the recruiting side, but but he, you know, he spent his time at PNG. He actually got me excited about brand management when I'm when I was there, and again has kept me excited. So I mentioned him early. I'm, I'm going to go back to him. But when I got to Kraft, right, I also worked with Ann Fudge and Paula Sneed and Henry Helm. Like these are icons in the space during that time, who were committed to trying to help drive the growth and evolution of the next level of Black uh, CMO or or Black marketing leadership as well, right? And I remember how they tried to reach down and sort of bring us forward, how they were really trying, even then, to create a movement that would put more Black marketers in power position and in power seats, right? And I got to tell you, I, I was excited then the growth that I was hoping and the explosion of never really happened the way I thought it would, right? I look back today, I look at the situation today, I still see that there's the need and the opportunity to help drive that growth. And and I got to tell you, it's tough being the one or two or three. There are not a lot of people out there that look like you, that share a lot of the same values that you do, that have come from the same background that you do. And I think that that diverse voice at the table actually always adds to the conversation. Um, yet, you know, it's difficult to have that voice and to stay there and to speak truth to power and, the, you know, and, and, the, and to look to your left and right and not actually have somebody who looks like you helping to bring you along. 
right? You had to develop a certain level of intestinal fortitude, an idea that I can do, right? And that I'm smart enough, I'm good enough, I'm focused enough, right? I know enough about business, right? Not just marketing, right? Because business is important as well, right? To be able to be at this table and and to lead and to lead others. And so it goes all the way back to the beginning of the career, the idea that I personally don't think that we've made the progress that I aspired to make even then, right? And I am doing everything that I can to reach out to others to be able to, again, pull them along. Becca provides that perfect platform for, for that. And, and so that's sort of what, what got, got me there. You know, they reached down and tried to help me when, when I needed help or inspire me when I needed inspiration or mentor me when I needed some extra thought, right? Mm-hmm. I want to do the same. Like I really, um, I'm, and I'm committed to doing that same. So yeah, so Becca provides that perfect platform for that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's great. I hope everybody takes time to go and check them out. And again, like the the programming that the events, the things that, that are going to be coming down the pipeline are super exciting. So just big shout out to Jerry and Rachel and the whole the whole crew there. Yeah, a fantastic group of leaders. Check them out. There's that the slate is fantastic. It's so so great. Um so branding branding represents a large portion of your experience. And I'm curious about kind of in the vein of branding, how how do you evolve a trusted familiar pet care brand in 2023? What do you, what's your take there? Yeah, you know, so so one of the ways that we are we know we're going to do it, we're already doing it, is, is to lean into loyalty, right? So we have a big um, treats rewards database. We, we just crossed the 60 million customer mark. I saw that 60 million on LinkedIn. That's ridiculous. 60 million customers that we've connected to, invited into the program and, and have accepted our invitation. And in a given year, so let, let's not get too excited, but but more than more than half of them are shopping, like constantly shopping, right? And so we have a built-in opportunity if we leverage even just that program well enough to be able to keep engagement strong, um, activity high, storytelling at its best, right? And 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 so we we have truly been leaning in there. If you if you uh, if you're on our on our site or you're connected to our brand right now, we are in Treats Member Month, right? Where this weekend you can get ten times you can earn ten times points on your purchase. So it's it's almost a twenty percent back offer on top of whatever else you might be getting, right? But we are giving to our Treats members in a time where value is that much more important, right? Where where savings is that much more important, and it's not all about deals and savings, like these folks, we're going to give insider access to product launches and, and sort of special um, incentives, right? We're going to, we're going to tell them more about um, different events that might be happening in store. We, we invite them to come take pictures with Santa and their pet, right? You know, during the holiday season, right? So we can, we can use this powerful database, right, to be able to customize the conversation, to be able to drive higher level engagement, right, which, which in then in turn drives the business, right? We have seen over the course of the last, call it 12 months, right, about 150% increase in offer activity. Offer, so activating an offer, putting an offer out there and people going, I want that. I want to take advantage mm-hmm. of that, right? I'm going to use that against my Product X or my services Y, and whether that's grooming or training or, or, or even some of our our private brands, right? Um, you know, authority or simply nourish, right? I'm I'm going to use some of this to be able to get connected to to those products, and all of that matters. And today it matters 
that much more to have that real connection, right? Not just the transactional in and out, but an emotional connection, a one where I want to engage with that brand. I want to see them as the first strike destination for all things pet. And, and I think we're building that. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see, again, our progress there. I'm excited to actually lean in even harder in the course of, uh, of the next year or, or even further to be able to, again, to add more sizzle, more opportunity, uh, more eyeballs to, to the work that we're doing. I love it. And then the other thing that you might have, have seen from us lately is actually more, more influencer participation mm. in, our, in our marketing, right? So that everybody's talking about it and, and trying to be there. Um, I, think, I think it matters. I think what influencers, good ones do is they allow you to have somebody who is an extension of your brand, a natural extension, Right. And if the, if you pick them right and they line up against the values of your brand. Right. Right. Then they can extend the messaging to their audiences in an authentic way and a, and a, a second level of connection. And so we're finding real su- success there. We you know, this past holiday, we inter- integrated, you know, Lenny the Lizard and and. Tika the Izzy, like like Iggy, like we 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 actually put pets and pet parents influencers in pet influencers as well as the pet parent influencers into some of our outbound media, mm-hmm. and it worked. Mm-hmm. Like it was like literally, we saw great engagement. Um, we saw we saw real participation in some of our sort of larger scale influencer uh, opportunities, and it, it was it's fun. And then you know, every once in a while, you you bump on. You know, something that's just organically fun. Like last year, uh, we did this thing on TikTok called Cat on a Leash. If you go hashtag Cat on a Leash PetSmart, literally you'll see some just fun video and get lots of you, like ridiculous views, ridiculous engagement. Allowed us, again, to be authentic, um, to be topical, because, again, Leash Cats was actually something that was growing over the course of the last year and still continues to grow. Very, very, very interesting. Um, but we're right there with it, right? On trend, right. being able to show what it looks like. And so, you know, you combine the work that we're doing with treats, you combine the, the work that we're doing with influencers in the, in the social media space, right? And, and we're putting together this little, uh, this, this little mixture here that I think is, is, is helping us be more successful than we've ever been. And so, again, I'm excited about, about that. Can you talk about any, any interesting strategies around um, just refer like existing customers referring other new customers, like incentives or sizzles, if you will, that like have worked well. Yeah. So most of the work that we've done in terms of inviting other customers to share has been a, mostly around offers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so periodically we'll drop a bounce back offer in, in your purchase, in your, in your basket. Right. And we'll allow you to share that with others. There are other offers, though, that are only personalized to you, meaning unique barcodes is only that Jeremy, only Jeremy can use this one. But there are others that we that we do have pass along value. There are also puppy guides that we we build that are chock full of offers that, again, customers find themselves sharing over time. There are there are similar um, attachment uh, ideas that we do when you adopt a pet at a pet smile store. So this last, you know, two months ago, we had our, our national adoption weekend. We have a couple of them a year. People are still adopting pets, right? We, we, we fostered about four, almost 14 and a half thousand, almost 15,000, wow. right? We got, we got 15,000 folks or so connected to new homes. Wow. With that usually comes a bundle from us, right? To get you started, okay. right? 
And again, that even that helps connect and, and the word of mouth around that drives more interest, right? We, again, we have in-store promotion. I talked to you about uh, Christmas mm-hmm. what, and, and pictures with Santa. We also have done some stuff with the Easter Bunny, right? In those moments, we allow you again to get access and more connected to our brand and more connected to programs that bring you back, right? To, to, to come shop with us. And so, so there's a lot. There's not the conventional refer a friend program that you uh-huh. might see in different places, uh-huh. right? But we're not ruling it out. We're, right. we're just trying to make it more authentic, not so sort of also ran, did it before kind of, kind of, you know what I mean? Sure, sure. Do you see e-commerce becoming like a primary buyer channel for the pet supply industry? Or is there still this kind of tactile need pet parents require to make a purchase? So here's the thing. Chewy has existed being a, a, a pure play, right? And thrived. And it was a part of our company for a long time is now independent, but they've made their mark being literally pure play digital, right? Um, Amazon, Walmart, all have pretty powerful uh, digital, uh, call it digital marketing related to to pet and pet care. Um, We happen to think that both is better, right? And so having the stores, right, for instant access to product to be able to touch and feel and see and read, right, we think is important. We also think that our superpower is that we have services attached to that. So when you walk into most PetSmarts, you not only when you're shopping, not only can you shop for food and toys and treats and and crates and and all of that, um, but you can come get your pet bathed and groomed and you can literally can get nail grinds for the, for, for your dog, right? You can get training uh, in the store. You know, there are a lot of our stores that have a, a hotel where you can actually have the overnight stays. And I, I have a dog named Moxie um, and I use all of it. Right. And and it's all sort of quality run, like really easy access in your neighborhood. In my like mine is less than 10 minutes from my house. Right. And, and I think that that is a differential advantage. I think you'll see us continue to lean into that in a in a big way in the coming months and years mm-hmm. right to to have that be a differentiator a separator um, from from the competition but is e-commerce important absolutely mm-hmm. right do you want that ease and convenience a lot of times absolutely it, it's almost the reason why we stood up DoorDash and why we'll mm-hmm. do work with other you know deliveries because because it does matter uh, but I do believe again, the access to services is a differential advantage for us it, it related to our store. The access to, to veterinary care, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of our stores are connected to a Banfield. Banfield, yeah, that's right. But we've also launched PetSmart Veterinary Services, right? Okay. Where we'll have vets in lots of stores and lots of locations across the, the country. I think that that's really important. I think to be able to sort of do it all in one place, mm-hmm. that idea never goes away if that offering is strong, right? Yeah. And so our idea is to just make sure that it's continually strong, that it makes sense for you, that you you appreciate it, and that we do a good job on all fronts. Um, and that brings us back again to just our, our operational excellence. I think we attract an, an, a pet enthusiast like nobody else does, mm-hmm. right? Our people who actually groom your pet Almost all of them have had to go through 800 hours of training to be able to, to, to deliver that, right? That's really important. And you ought to feel good about that when you bring, when you bring your pet into our facility. Mm-hmm. I think all of that matters. And then actually being able to bring the pet 
with you while you shop is another advantage that you just can't get. I mean, right. yeah, yeah, they could be sitting over your computer watching you click buttons, but mm -hmm. there's something special about bringing, you know, the dog into the store or having them sniff and look and smell. And there's a specialness there that I don't think you can get just by, by having an e-commerce site. Now, we want e-commerce to grow at PetSmart. We are investing in e-commerce to drive that growth, mm -hmm. right? We are trying to be more and more competitive in, in online search and, you know, you know, be, being right there when you when you when you Google mm -hmm. whatever your pet need is, we want to come up on that on page one. Indeed, um, and so we're and we're making the the requisite investment there to to do well. But I think the combo, the the e commerce plus the store, is 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 again our differential advantage. Is there a team internally that is kind of focused on? R&D when it comes to like the retail store experience? Like, are there stores where you're going to be doing, you know, even more forward thinking things? Is that stuff being rolled out and tested constantly? Or Yeah. So there's uh, the, the way to look at it is, is constant testing, right? We, uh, we are always looking at ways to improve or optimize the customer experience. I actually think today more than ever, <laughs> if, if I get you to a store, I got to have it, you know, be a resonant experience. You have got to appreciate what what we have to offer. And so I've got to make it easy and convenient. And um, and I and I have to help you find the stuff that you need pretty quickly and efficiently. And, that, and in, in today's environment, it has to be price competitive as well. And again, we'll never be the low low price guy because that's not how we're built. But we offer extraordinary value. Right. And I want you to be able to bump into that as well. And so. So there, there are things that we're doing to touch on all of those, right? The drive aisle experience and having more impactful display, we think is really important. So right down the center of our store, we tell you what's important now. And we do that regularly. Like, and, and it's not like we have, you know, a back to school season, and a, but, but Halloween, holiday, you know, summer, spring, all of that. Like we, bring, we refresh everything you see in that drive aisle, mm. connect for the moment to be right there. And it could... It could go from flea and tick <laughs> all the way to Arcadia Trail, sort of outdoor experiential product for for your pet. Like wow. we go to we go to get it all, um, and and we're making it easy for you to sort of find it, bump into it, and appreciate it. And I think that that's really important for anybody who has a retail operation, right? Sure. The more cumbersome it is, the less likely you're coming back. Yeah, and something we hear a lot now is. You know every every touch every interaction the customer has with the brand every touch every touch point matters now. I mean every chat online, phone call in the store, email, text like anytime a customer is engaging or, or a prospective customer is engaging, it's got to be this really beautiful experience now because people are look they're they're leaving left and right quicker than ever. Um, so the brands that that double down on that customer experience and customer engagement like PetSmart, look at the score. Look at the score. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we believe in that. We know it's important. We're constantly tweaking and testing. Um, you know, there's real capital <laughs> yeah, set aside yeah. to ensure that we do that. Yeah. Right. And and we constantly are in search to get better. Like it's a part of, again, of who this leadership team is trying to be, right? To to be the best, to win bigger and win faster. And again, with that relentless focus on the customer, right? That that customer obsession that I'm trying to get this entire organization mm -hmm. to embrace mm -hmm. is more important today than ever, right? Because they could drop you in a minute, like there. And and in our category, you know, this is pretty promiscuous. You can you can buy dog food at CVS or, mm -hmm. or, or mm -hmm. Walgreens, mm -hmm. right? Um, and and so 
we want you to know that there's a better way that we have better like, and we have more and the selection should matter and quality should matter mm-hmm. and, and value should matter. Like, again, even as I talk about some of those private label brands, those offerings, if you need to bump into something that meets your budget, right, we're going to have that for you, too. Exactly. Right? And so um, I think all of that, all of that, Jeremy, I think it all matters today. So hit hit on that customer obsession piece again. How do you convey and just transmit that, you know, that message to the leadership team, the stakeholders to make it this customer obsessed culture? Like what are some of the things that you're doing as a marketing leader to translate that and to to vow, to to be an advocate for that because it's so important. You are right in the moment and you're probing hard. And, <laughs> and so I'm going to share it in the moment. This is between you and I and your audience. Okay. okay. But next week, we will be sur- surveying most of the directors and above in the whole customer engagement organization around what customer obsession really looks like. So we're going to have them answer Right, thirty questions around what around customer obsession, and 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 it's intended to be able to come back with a score, right? That says, "Ooh, sixty-five percent of you think we are in the top two box on customer obsession," or or "Ooh, none of you think that we're we're there yet," right? And we're going to use that, right, to set up the next level of dialogue around what what it really looks like, what customer obsession really looks like. We're going to point to companies like Delta or Sephora. Or, you know, some of those brands that really have a Ulta, have a really customer obsessed audience and not try to, you know, play their playbook, but try to learn from that to be able to bring forward um, elements that matter to the pet pet parent. Right. And 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 so you're catching me in the moment like I like I, it, it is it is an ongoing exercise for contemporary CMO. Right. You have got to bring back conversation around the customer and what does this mean for the customer? Not just, oh, I, I placed that new product on the end cap and it's, and look at it, right? It's not, but what does that mean for the customer and why should they be attracted to it? And, and why is yours better than anybody else's? And, and so we have got to do, you know, our best at, at unlocking m- more of that, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and so, uh, so you're, you caught me in the moment. Like we are literally going to survey 60 plus leaders this coming week on what their perception is. And then we're going to begin an education process around what it looks like. We've been working with wow. companies like Forrester. Great. They're great. On sort of what that rubric looks like. So we, we've got, we've got literal in-market research uh, that talks to it. We know again in the, in the work that we've done that customer obsessed organizations perform better, have higher profits, higher returns, right? There, there are stats out there. If you want to go to Forrester, you could actually have a conversation with my folks there. But bringing that back in a time, quite frankly, where I think customer obsession is going to matter even more, right? As people get uh, a little tighter with their willingness to spend mm-hmm. and are focusing more on, you know, have to haves versus want to haves, um, you've got to talk to them in a in a way that's again that's resonant. You've got to you've got to market to them uh, in a in a way that's authentic and real, but you know, but connects, right? And so. It's a never-ending opportunity for a marketer. If anybody tells you they figured it out, it's all done, whatever, they're lying to you, Jeremy. Don't, don't let them lie. Um, but getting your senior leadership engaged in that conversation is, is important, right? Yeah, and, no, it's huge. And if they hear you and they, and they identify and they follow along, it just makes the job that much easier to make the progress you're trying to make. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that, you know, 
we're getting a peek inside of a brand that is doing really well, doing really well. And you ask what they're focused on. How can we get more obsessed with our customer? Yes, sir. Right. Yes, it's sir. not like, oh, how can we create a new campaign or a new initiative? It's like, no, no, no. Let's think about these amazing people that come into our stores that buy from us every single day that interact with us on social media. Yeah. And let's become healthily obsessed with them even more, yes, even yes. in the midst of growth, in the midst of all the accolades. No, no, no. Let's double down and burn the ships on obsessing more. I love that, Will. That's a secret sauce right there. Exactly. You know, I, I and yeah, the, I think the more we lean in, the better we're going to get. Uh, I'm, uh, again, excited to try to indoctrinate that more in this company. Mm -hmm. It'll be a journey, right? But but I'm, I'm excited to keep us going there for sure. I love it. So, Will, how do you as a leader as not only a leader, but as the chief marketing officer and SVP at PetSmart, how do you ensure that your teams are promoting a good culture for the brand? Yeah. So the, the first thing, and, and again, Jeremy, this is a lesson learned, right? The first thing uh, that you want for your team who's working with you is to find themselves in the work, right? So to have a codified mission, what you're, what you're here to, to do and, and what that means, right? The great thing in, in my short tenure here is we found the platform that matters, anything for pets, right? PetSmart. If PetSmart equals anything for pets, what does that mean in your, in your daily life? From the CEO's office, right, to the person who's working the register. And, and to be honest, it has taken on this life of its own that I couldn't be prouder of. Like folks are, have literally come and talked to, you know, the anythings that they've done or will do. They're sharing uh, those anythings on our on our communications platforms, right? And sharing those with others, right? That, that get them excited. So having a, a common vision, common platform, I think is the first thing to get people in the same sandbox. And I think that that's really important. Like you got to create the partnership sandbox and not separate sandboxes, right? And, and, I, and again, I give, I give PetSmart corporate, you know, our, our leadership, a lot of credit there. Like there's, where there's not any not invented here that like we're all in it together. We win together, we lose together, but we're in it together. So that's really, really, really important. Um, one of the other things, and I, I say this, but I'll reiterate for emphasis, is that I've had this philosophy for a long time that I can't allow anybody to ride the bench, right? You got to be in it, right? You got to show up. You have to want to put your fingerprint, your watermark on the work. Right. So there's there's nobody on the sideline like get in, get involved. Right. And and I as coach. Right. Because that's why I really find myself here. I'm not trying to, you know, stand up the next new thing all day, every day. I'm really trying to develop leaders who, again, can help propel the enterprise to that next level of success. Right. But I want them all to play to win. Right. Get in it. Right. Take no prisoners. You can't just be here to compete. You can't be here not to lose. Right. You got to help us win. Right. And so so I I personally invite a culture that says, hey, go take the risk. Right. If you skin your knee. Right. Get back up, dust yourself off, spray a little bactine on it, put a Band-Aid and keep it moving. Right. <laughs> and and I think that those who work with me and around me uh, appreciate that and can see themselves again more in the work all day, every day. Right. The other thing that, that I have tried to do um, is to step back and sort of treat my everyday work as like I'm building a, an, an Academy Award winning movie. Mm, right. I love it. And when I think about it like that, everybody has a part. Right. 
sure, there are going to be a couple of leads, right, who may run your CRM or your data and analytics or your integrated marketing or whatever. But everybody has a role if that movie is truly going to be great. And when I when I constantly step back and then I roam the floor and then I see who or who isn't looking like they're fully engaged, I sort of check in. So what's going on? How are we doing? <laughs> right. And I think that that matters. Right. I really do. And that and, and then that works back to my master thought, which is that people work for people. Right. So a lot of times People want to say, oh, I work for company X or whatever, right? And they and they talk about the building or you talk about the parking lot being full or not or the name <laughs> on the building or the cubicle or the office. But at the end of the day, people come to work to work for people, right? The check is important. It has the company name on it. But man, if you don't like working with Will, uh, it could be, a, you know, it's not a good look, right? Um, and I always want it to be a good look. And so I, I recognize that and I have recognized it more as I matured as a marketing leader over time, that their connection with you actually is connected to the work and how good that work is, right? When they feel that you're giving them the applause and you're recognizing their engagement in that and that they're a part of your team or the team, right? They're willing to sort of give it the little extra to work a little harder to probe that, you know, into that white space that where we've never been. And, and I found that um, to be sort of, again, a little bit of secret sauce that I constantly try mm-hmm. to bring back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far, so good, Jeremy. Again, <laughs> it's, it's worked pretty well for me as a leader. And then you talk about my smile. Like, I, <laughs> I know that that smile is big. Yeah. Right? And I wear one all the time. And, and I think that that helps a, as well. Like, I think to be authentic, to be a human, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Know and have people know that you, you put your pants on the same way. You're coming here, again, to do your best work. Um, I think it's a little disarming uh, mm-hmm. and then help, helps people sort of, again, share more, reach for more, and hopefully do more. I love it. Well, take us out with what's next for Will Smith, the human being, the marketing leader, all the above. What's next for you this year? And then what's next for PetSmart? Yeah, so for me, I actually am at a moment where I want to make sure, I already talked to this about that I'm giving back. And not only in a Becca sense, but even in my own family sense, right, to my my kids, and they're rising stars in their own right. And I shouldn't brag here, but my daughter's at HBS right now. Let's right? go. Right. My son's a Yale grad. He's at Tyson Foods. Like they're Let's all navigating, go. right, their next thing. Wow. Right. But I want to be able to be actually more present for them mm. now than I've even been prior. And so that's Got really, it. really important to me. It's in line with my giving back, right, because I want to do similar for, for Becca and everybody I'm connected to there. But I think that's really, really, really important for me. The other thing, though, that is is important, is, and I touched on it, is to ensure that I'm de- developing the next level of leaders here at, at PetSmart, right? So I want the persons next to me, I want the, the folks that are coming up to feel like they can honestly make a difference. Like they, like they come here and they can be proud of their work. We're in a very transactional marketplace right now, man, COVID accelerated it where people are like, right, whatever, I'll go to company X, right? And, oh, I'll take three months off and I'll hike and then I'll go to company Y, right? And it's easier to do that because they're less connected to you, the person, the broader organization, et cetera. I'm trying to make sure that I make those connections strong, right? That again, that I'm, I'm pushing folks to be their best selves. I'm allowing them, right, the independence to show up in their own way, if you would, 
giving them a little bit of guardrails to make sure that they don't fall off the side of the cliff, right? But but enough leeway to be able to make their own impact. And I think that that actually is just going to be a constant theme for marketers in general if you're trying to keep and grow and develop uh, a really powerful team. Um, and then I want to make sure that, again, that that even folks outside of the marketing organization, that that they get the recognition as even as connected to my team, that matters. That helps as well. Like as you're building the next thing, right, to know that your merchant partner has your back, right, to know that your operations person is 100% behind your idea, all of that matters. But today, you have to nurture that even better than you've had in, in the past. They have to respect you as business leader, right, as partner, right, and then as marketer too. So um, so I got a lot of, a lot of work to do there. It's, again, it's some of that ongoing work, Jeremy, but but I, I'm up to the charge, up to the challenge, and I'm, again, excited to do it here at PetSmart. I love it. Well, Will, thank you so much for being a part of this this show, this conversation. Um, yeah, just with my head on my heart, man, grateful that you took the time. So excited about where you're at, but super excited about where you're going and who you're reaching down to help support backup, man. This is just incredible. Shout out to you and the whole PetSmart squad. Keep going, keep going. And thanks for being here, Will. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the time. This is awesome. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.